Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have spent the better part of 10 hours listening to these panelists argue and fight and claw their way to get to the Elite Eight or choose the Elite Eight. And all I've got to say is this. After a long day of listening to them argue, I have to drink a whiskey drink, then drink a vodka drink. (laughs) Then I drink a lager drink and a cider drink. Because every time one of you make a bad choice and every single time one of you makes a dad joke, I am done. I am done with this bracket because, ladies and gentlemen, we are all done. This is the final episode in the one hit wonders bracket. And I have one very, very serious question. How in the ever loving hell there are two one-hit wonders that I think about. One is bitch. The other is freaking tub thumping. Come on. How is tub thumping not anywhere represented on this bracket? One of the biggest snubs of all time. Neither here nor there. We are here to choose what arguably is the best one-hit wonder ever made. And we're going to start tonight by introducing you to Marissa in Palm Harbor, Florida. Marissa, how you doing? What you drinking? Hey, Chris. I'm doing well. I am... Back with uh, the Buffalo Trace uh, Benchmark and uh, Cherry Coke Zero. Buffalo Trace and Cherry Coke is not a bad combination. You know what else is not a bad combination? Bourbon and Jeff Gore. How you doing, my friend? What do you got? Oh, you know me. Um, I'm loving on my Sunshine Store picks. I'm back with the Larceny pick. Still got that on tap here. Um, gotta love them. They know how to make a good pick over there. That they do. I am actually not drinking a store pick tonight. I have got my bottle of old granddad bonded bourbon, a $20 bottle, and 100 proof. And you know what? A damn good pick for 20 bucks. If you can grab it, if you can find it, uh, you will not be disappointed. One of the better $20 picks out there. Uh, but you know what? I have When I have $20, you know who I pick? I pick Mr. Mike Mott. How you doing, my friend, and what are you drinking? You significantly overpay, sir. You significantly overpay. Uh, I uh, am obeying the hold steady for the second time during this particular uh, bracket. And in this case, I am uh, the hold steady said, you got to dance with who you came to the dance with. So I started with the Trim Tab Brewing Summer Getaway Passion Fruit Lime and Black Lava Salt Imperial Sour Ale. And I am ending with the final one in that particular pack. Uh, This is delicious and refreshing, and hopefully our choice will be as well. And the only way I can introduce this next candidate is by singing a little bit of a song. So, oh, Jeffrey boy, Jeffrey boy, (laughs) Jeffrey boy. I got knocked down, then I got the hell back up again because I want to know one, what are you, how you doing, what are you drinking, but two, how in the hell is Chumbawamba not on this bracket? So, Chris, that's actually a good question. Um, it's a great question. The main reason it's not on this bracket is that I tended to deprioritize the songs that were also on the '90s alt rock bracket. That uh, so there are a couple of '90s songs from the '90s alt rock bracket that probably could have made uh, the uh, um, the the one hit wonders bracket. This one, whether it's Blind Melons, No Rain, whether it's the Toadies, uh, Possum Kingdom, a couple of others. But I chose to 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 kind of 
you know, we we have discussions of those songs back in the uh, the back catalog. Uh, wanted to keep it fresh a little bit, I suppose. Um, now it's more of an explanation for for Chumbawamba than for Meredith Brooks. So I'll I'll give you that one. Uh, but uh, I, I figure bringing in a whole ra- new raft of songs, uh, and you know, we can sit here and litigate all day. There's uh, you know, for every. 17 songs in each bracket there's 17 more that easily should have been on there um you know i I keep coming back to kicking myself that uh midnight oil's beds are burning was left off so you know there there, there's plenty of room for complaint to uh uh, um for what you think should have been on there um any of our fans want to uh do their own little and uh NIT bracket here, they uh, they can do so. I'm sure uh, Chumbawamba would seed highly in the uh, one-hit wonder NIT. Um, anyway, uh, what I uh, decided is that these are some very difficult decisions coming up. They're going to need something, some very strong will, and with strong will comes you know, a need for a strong drink. Uh, so I am working on the uh, Dry Fly Distilling Bourbon 101 uh the uh distillery located two blocks off of the campus of a uh beaten finalist in another bracket uh challenge that went down earlier this month uh in spokane washington so uh it's a quite tasty and quite strong drink for some quite tasty and quite strong decisions well, I can't argue with that. What I will say is if you do want to hear the thoughts that the panelists have regarding some of the other choices that are not on this bracket, aside from my own, because I've made a couple of mine pretty abundantly clear, uh, find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. Every month after the bracket's over, we're going to have a bracket revisited Patreon exclusive where you'll be able to hear your panelists or some of your panelists get together and talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, and what was, quite frankly, uh, legitimately or illegitimately left off the bracket. Speaking of left off the bracket, I left her off the introduction. Sarah, I'm so sorry. How are you, and what are you drinking? You could have segued into me, and I would not have known that you've forgotten about me. That was my segue. Thank you very much. (laughs) The illusions are gone. Wow. Uh, I'm doing well. So I'm feeling kind of all alone here uh, with my dirty Wookiee Imperial Brown Ale. Uh, It's got a beautiful scene of Endor. And now I feel like I'm stranded on Endor by myself. But that's okay because I am still bringing my strong opinions to this final round. I'm looking forward to it. And speaking of uh, being stranded on Endor by yourself... We're going to start this with Marissa. And Marissa, if you were stranded on Endor by yourself and the only thing that could save you is a pair of ear pods to slide into a little cute little teddy bear's ear, are you going to give them the five seed of Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang or the two seed, the Looking Glasses Brandy? You're a fine girl. Well, first off, I want to know why the Wookiee Ale is not on Kashyyyk instead of Endor. <laughs> But that is neither here nor there. Oh. <laughs> um, if, you know, I was introducing an Ewok to a song. They're fluffy teddy bears. Yeah, uh, no, they're quite frightening and scary, but 
I think it would have to be Brandy. Because she's a fine girl. And everyone should know her. Rapper's Delight. Cultural relevance is, you, you can't, you can't deny it. It's there. It, you know, it's very significant. But man, Brandy is just such a good song. Marissa has locked in her vote for Brandy. We bring this over to Jeff Gore. Yeah, this is, um, this might be the hardest decision I've had to make this entire bracket because genuinely both of these songs are very good. The problem is they're also very different. And I think, um, like in many situations I've tried to discuss over the uh, the long bracket here, is sometimes I try to take my own perspective, my own age, my own um, way of seeing things here out of the picture and try to take it um, and look back. You know, we're talking about songs from the 60s and 70s. How would this have affected those folks? Um, and, and how would they have seen these songs going up against each other and while these are definitely um farther apart in those two decades um i think that brandy is going to have that staying power rapper's delight again i've talked about the relevance the the way that it has molded and changed the way that hip-hop can hit the charts and just the uh the quality of the the way that they molded their lyrics but I think the staying power is going to be with Brandy. So that's for my vote. Brandy has got a two to nothing lead over the plucky five seed. Uh, for those keeping score at home, these are only the second and third votes against the Sugar Hill Gang the entire tournament. And we're going to bring this over to Mike. Yeah, so I mentioned last time in the battle between spirit in the sky and rapper's delight that neither of those songs was, was going to be on my playlist and a song that is on my playlist is brandy's you're a fine or looking glasses brandy you're a fine girl i uh, because it's just such a wonderful fantastic song and rapper's delight absolutely deserved to be right here where it is because that is an, an incredibly important song it is an incredibly memorable one hit wonder that people know i think it will have a lot of staying power i think that it is a brilliant song in many ways uh, i think what it suffers from ultimately and why i can't give it my vote here and have to give my vote to looking glass and move it on is that it started the ball rolling for sure but there has been so much advancement and in the rap hip-hop genre and there's so many interesting things that have continued to go on for 40 years since this song came out whereas the style of rock that brandy is is just sort of timeless and it is such an excellent example of that and i think that that really is what ultimately puts it over the top for me uh Great run, Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, but Brandy is just a juggernaut. Move it on. Brandy has moved its way into the final fours. We bid adieu to Rapper's Delight, but I want to hear from everybody. That includes Mr. Woodhead. Chris, how many votes does Brandy have against it? it this it can't be that many. I don't think it has right? any, to be honest with you. I think it's sweeping its way so far. I don't wow. have the old records. I only want to have records for the first two, but 
My bad. Go ahead. Sorry. Hey, we're in we're in like Yukon UCLA territory here because uh, I'm not going to vote against it. Uh, I like Rapper's Delight, and I think what my fellow panelists have said is correct. If you took an alien, you know, say a uh, a Vulcan from the planet Alderaan uh, to uh, uh, Earth, and you introduced them. <laughs> Sorry, I'll wait for the uh, the, the nerds' uh, heads to stop twitching, <laughs> eyes to stop bulging out of heads. Yes, goddamn it! I You're know Vulcans are from Vulcan. <laughs> uh, you would not play them, Rapper's Delight, as an example of the hip hop genre. You would play them any host of other things. Whereas if someone for whatever effing reason wanted to learn about Yacht Rock, you would play them Brandy. Uh, because it's a great song and it's indicative of the genre and you know, if you gave an alien that knowledge, uh, they would immediately be able to have start a conversation with anyone else on Earth because I'm pretty sure everyone's heard this song. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's a movie where an alien actually does sing Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. So, um, yeah, uh, it's deservingly moving on here. And if that wasn't Jeff Goldblum and Earth Girls Are Easy, I'm going to be severely disappointed. But we're going to bring this over to Sarah to see if we have a sweep on our hands. I do want to clarify that it it would make sense that the Wookiee L would be from Kashyyyk, but the scene on my can actually is from Endor. Um, just throwing that out there, but yeah, I, I think Mike said it best. I rapper's delight is exactly where it should be. Same thing with Brandy. They're both great songs. And I've said it on previous episodes. I hear Brandy almost every single day. It's on my playlist and I, I love it. I rapper's delight is not on my playlist, but I still know the song very well. I I think this is a sweep. I Brandy's just kind of carrying it, and it's also going to get my vote. Brandy has swept her way to the final four. We are moving on to the '80s portion of the bracket, and we have got the seven seed Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen, taking on the no, sorry, the one seed. Wow, the one seed Dexy's Midnight Runners. To edit point, Chris. We have got the one seed, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen, taking on the seven seed, A Flock of Seagulls, I Ran. And we're going to start this with Mike. Oh, shit. I thought we were starting with Jeff. I was totally... That's weird. Jeff thought that, too. Uh, I definitely wrote the wrong one down. What did I do wrong? You're right. We are starting this with Jeff. Yeah, they gourmet me. It's gore. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jeffrey, take us away. So... This one's interesting uh, because unlike the last matchup, I did not vote for one of these songs to make it here. And I think I'm okay with that because I don't think that there is a seven seed that could match up against Come On Eileen. Um, You talk about juggernauts and these things. You talk about the, the unbeatables, the perfect season. Uh, I don't know that Dexy's not swept yet. Um, I think, actually, last time, Georgia Satellite somehow got a vote from somebody here. Um, 
But I don't know that that's the case this time. I think uh, Come On Eileen has got the staying power. It's really encapsulated that 80s vibe, and it's got what it takes to make it all the way. So for me, it's Come On Eileen. The one seed picks up its first vote. Now we're going over to Mike. Oh, man. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is a really, really tough matchup for me. I think this is... I don't know that I necessarily, you know, obviously I, I did actually vote against Iran in the very first round. Uh, that had a lot to do with its competition, much more so than the song. But I don't know that I would necessarily have envisioned this as the matchup to get out of the 80s region, but it certainly fits. I think these are two fantastic songs. They're both emblematic of their decade. They're they are clearly uh, great one-hit wonders. We're We're not... We're, at this point, we're we're not arguing that anymore. Which one's the better one? And I don't know. It's it's so hard. I think that um, I genuinely love both of these songs. Both of these songs are on my playlist. I just man, I man. I think. We've talked a little bit about earworms. A lot of people have talked about earworms. And in terms of that earwormy quality, they both have it. I just think Come On Eileen has it that little bit more with that Tura Lura, Tura Lura lie. Come on, Eileen. I mean, I just, I think that it is, it's the epitome of an 80s pop rock song. And by having that little bit of of kind of Irish vibe to it, it stands out as very unique. And I think that's something that you want in a one-hit wonder. And so ultimately, I think I'm going to agree with uh, Jeff Gore, and I'm going to also give my vote to Dexie's Midnight Runners and Come On Eileen. Dexie's Midnight Runners has got a commanding two-to-nothing lead. Mr. Woodhead, what do you think? So I think there's a lot of uh, talk over, uh, you know, Iran not necessarily having the cultural significance of some of the other songs here. And I'd like to point out that there was a uh, an Oscar runner-up from a couple of years ago, the, the movie La La Land, which... Uh, Won the Oscar for about ten seconds until they realized they had given they had given it to the wrong movie. Still one of my favorite Oscars moments of all time. Uh, but in that movie, there's a great set piece about Iran, <laughs> where the uh, the the uh, female lead actually like tortures the the, the uh, Ryan Gosling, the the male lead, with forcing him to play that song on a guitar, which uh, is apparently just kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Because, you know, it's a song that just kind of builds up and slowly builds up. And I think I just have a lot more fun listening to it than Come On Eileen. Even if, uh, you know, I've got a couple of drinks in me, I'm at an Irish pub, sure, I'll, uh, I'll sing along with Come On Eileen. Uh, it's probably easier to parody, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, insert pretty much anything you would want to parody it with here. But... I think, you know, you, you can't necessarily draw the line on cultural significance here. And Iran is just a more well-crafted song. 
you know, either of these would be great uh, representatives of the 80s in a one-hit wonders Final Four. It's fine. I, I, I can't complain that much if Come On Eileen moves on, which it probably will. But Iran is a better song. It's still a culturally significant song, and I, I just want to give it a chance. Iran picked up its first vote. We're going to Sarah to get her opinion. I'm actually going to give my vote for AHA's Take On Me, which is definitely the song that should be here right now. Uh, but it's not. We're looking at Come On and Eileen versus Iran. And this was a tougher choice to me. And then I, I both realized a lot of songs in the 80s were kind of the same songs. And I would kind of put these two in that category. Come on, Eileen, just really, I, I don't know. There's something about it. It just never was one of my favorites. And, but, but I understand that more people probably listen to it. And for that reason alone, it's going to get my vote. I do th- think that I would rather listen to Iran, but come on, Eileen, everyone knows it. it I mean, it's quintessential 80s song. Move it along. And with that, come on, Eileen is moving along to the final four. But I want to hear from everybody, and that includes Marissa. Ooh, we actually want to hear from me this time. I have not skipped you in like an episode and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> And come uh, on, Eileen is moving on to the finals. All right, let's <laughs> Yes, move, move it along. Uh, but I think Flock of Seagulls does have its place in cultural relevance. I mean, the hairstyle that he had, you know, that the lead singer had, uh, it, you know, it's got its place. But I think Come On Eileen is, you know, more widely known. And Come On Eileen with its four votes is going to be in the final four, and that'll be taking on Brandy. You're a fine girl, and I can't wait to hear that matchup. But before we get there, we have to see the other side of the bracket. We're going over to the 90s. Who is going to win the 90s portion of this bracket? We are going to start here with, if I'm not mistaken, Mike. And, Mike, you're choosing between Deep Blue Something's four-seated Breakfast at Tiffany's, taking on the Proclaimers' two-seated 500 miles. Take us away. Fuck. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I knew this matchup was coming, and yet still I feel woefully unprepared. I mean, I knew it was coming for all of, what, 30 minutes, but... This is a, this is a matchup where... I don't know that I can separate the two in terms of earwormy quality because they both have very much of an earwormy quality. I don't think I can separate the two in terms of iconicness. That's not a word, but let's just go with it because I think that they're both going to be remembered. And I think that what I keep coming back to, and this might be unfair, but what I keep coming back to is over 20 years ago when I first picked up a guitar, and I'm messing around with a D chord. And I accidentally happened on the opening riff to Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something because it's just a variation on the D chord. And there was something 
awesome about that. And I think that one thing that makes a really good pop rock song is to have a certain level of simplicity to it, uh, which ha- and is also uh, met with really a compl- on the surface level simple lyrics, but there's a complexity and a depth to them that I think fits really well in terms of a, a guy's clinging to anything that he can find to, to save his relationship. <sighs> Proclaimers 500 Miles has that too. And these are both songs that are on my playlist. I think the one that I get happier when I hear the opening riff, and maybe it's just because it takes me back to being that guy that didn't even have calluses on his fingertips messing around with a D chord. But the one that makes me happier when I hear it come up on my playlist is Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. So give it my vote. Breakfast at Tiffany's picks up its first vote. We're bringing this one over to Mr. Woodhead. So I think I've referenced a uh, long car trip with uh, my friend Mike Levy from high school from our home near DC to Sarasota a couple of times in this, uh, this one, especially in reference to the Eiffel 65 song, which will hopefully never be mentioned again in any context anywhere on earth. But one of the things he did do very well was Mike brought along this uh, CD of crazy punk covers. One of which is a punk cover of the proclaimers. I'm going to 500 miles. I'm going to be, uh, and the, I remember this punk cover because at the very end, uh, he starts saying you know, all of the things, you know, when I go out, I know I'm going to be, I come home when I know I'm going to be, when I haver, whatever the fuck that means. And I think I, I almost wrecked the car laughing at that point because yeah, no one knows what havering means except for the two guys in the proclaimers and maybe some Scottish dudes. I don't know. But the more I think about that experience and, and that song is that I, I I think the existence of that moment makes my vote here clear because no one's going to come out with a profane punk cover of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Even as great of a song as it is and as iconic a song as it is, The Proclaimers 500 Miles is just in another dimension in that department. And I love listening to both of these songs, but... I've got a vote for the Proclaimers. The Proclaimers has picked up a vote. We are bringing this over to Sarah. This one's a little tough. And I think both belong to be here. I voted for both of these songs, I think, every round. And it's going to come down to, you know, as we talked, none of these songs has had as much time to see if they're going to stand the test of time but I feel at the end of the day Breakfast at Tiffany's has a little bit more more people have heard that songs the Proclaimers come on and people oh yeah yeah I know that song but Breakfast at Tiffany's comes on I I would think more often I've heard that in different settings more often than I've heard the Proclaimers 500 miles and for that and that reason alone because I actually like both of these songs but I will have to give my vote to Breakfast at Tiffany's. Which, by the way, I actually did love the movie. I'm the sole person. I love the movie more than the book. Breakfast at Tiffany's has picked up its second vote. We got a close one here. We are going over to Marissa. I guess I'm going to do what they 
I don't know what do you guys call it punting it because <laughs> I don't wow. want to make this decision um so she's putting it on her <laughs> so I'm putting it on Jeff because I just want to see any of you try to sway him honestly <laughs> so I'm gonna vote for 500 miles and as, I, as I remind our listeners that uh, everyone here is aware that punting is how, in fact, we do get Moneyball into the Final Four. We're, we're not. We're not going to go there. We're, we're just not going to go there. Let's. Um, you you know the drill by now, guys. You know the everyone's got a buzzer beater remaining. Does anyone want to use it to try and sway Jeff Gore one way or another? Oh, Marissa's punt might have backfired. We're going to rely specifically on Jeff's own opinion to make a decision. Jeffrey, take us away. Well, I think we all know we're glad to be here right now, and there's no one better in this seat than me to make this decision. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, you can make all the noises you want. You didn't even try. Didn't even try. Oh, let's see. We're here for the numbers, people. That's what we like. People like numbers. They don't like opinions. They don't want to hear any of that nonsense. The Proclaimers, I'm going to be 500 miles. Top video on YouTube, 80 million. Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. The actual official music video, 48 million. Oh. What a decision to be made. It is really unfortunate that no one had possibly tried to influence me in any way, and I could have put this on them. It has to all be on me. This did not work out well. Oh, I really like both of these songs, and I really don't want to vote against either one of them, to be honest. Um, I mean, if we're looking at numbers, it looks like Breakfast at Tiffany's came in at a four seed. Proclaimers came in at 500, or 500 Miles came in at a two seed. So clearly, Spotify agrees. I believe that's who we used as far as ranking. Um, yeah, it was Spotify. They're both up there. They're both up there. I mean, we're we're not talking about the 2000s where we've got some wild seeds here. We got a two and a four. And I think in this situation, I'm going to have to go with my gut. And while personally, I would much rather listen to Breakfast at Tiffany's, I'm going to have to move on 500 miles by the Proclaimers. The numbers are there. And with that being said, the Proclaimers 500 Miles is moving on to the final four. It is time to find out what song it will be facing off with. We're starting this one here. Uh, Jeff Woodhead, I believe you're the one kicking us off. And we're going to go with the 12 seed, The Darknesses, I believe in a thing called love, or the 10 seed, Macy Gray's I Try. It's been Upset City in this part of the bracket. Let's see if that trend continues. Jeffrey, take us away. Ooh, this is a weird, weird matchup. This bracket, yeah, it's been carnage in the 2000s. Largely because, yeah, we, as, as I think we, we all referenced in the past episode, there isn't the cultural significance thing to put, your, put a stake in at this point. Uh, you know, we, we don't know whether these songs are going to flame out or uh, if, if anyone is even still listening to them at this point at all. because And they're just coasting on that incredible uh, popularity they had in 2008. 
you know, which in the grand scheme of things was not that long ago, even though that's when my soon to be bat mitzvah's daughter was born. Uh, so that's out in terms of deciding between these songs, which leaves us with two songs that couldn't be more different. One is a callback to a beloved eighties ish genre that manages really to have, to have added onto it, to have grown on that genre while still being an homage to it. Uh, obviously I believe in a thing called love is like the, uh, the, Hair metal 2.0, uh, somewhat upgraded it from the uh, the the shitty version that always used to give the blue screen of death in a giant pile of coke. Uh, the other one, I try, which is just like no other song that I can think of. It's kind of R and B ish, but then kind of not, and a voice that isn't the standard pop voice, but is still beautiful in its own way. And I kind of come back to the idea that a great song should be someone pouring their heart out in musical form. And I get a lot more emotion and a lot more feeling and a lot more interest in what they're actually trying to do for Macy Gray than I do from the darkness. So I've got to give my vote to I Try here. I try has picked up his first vote. Let's move this over to Sarah. I'm actually going to have to agree with Jeff here. Uh, surprisingly, we've had some arguments this bracket. And I, again, I don't know that I voted for the uh, darkness at any point other than to vote it over handlebars. But he's right. I don't, we don't have the numbers. We don't have time to decide which one of these songs is going to be the better one hit wonder. So for that, I am going to default to the song that I like the most of these two. And I, this whole time voted for Macy Gray. I think there's just something about her voice in the song. I love the song. So I'm voting for, I try. And I am going to try to get over these votes as we bring this over to Marissa. Uh, I'm just going to passion vote on this one. Um, I'm going with The Darkness, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. And Marissa's passion is seeping through as The Darkness picks up its first vote. Let's hear from her husband, Jeff. What do you think, sir? Yeah, so this is, again, these are two songs that were uh, right in the wheelhouse of what I'm watching music videos on i believe mtv at that time still uh we could still watch those before school whenever they had some actual music on at that point um and i think it's important and i think it's something we haven't really talked about to bring in some of the artistry that are music videos and if you do recall there was something absolutely revolutionary and wild about i believe in a thing called love that thing punched you right in the mouth I mean, sure, we hadn't heard some good metal in that like that in a few years, but that video, those space station rocket, whatever was happening in those videos, were absolutely legendary. I mean, this band came out of nowhere, nowhere with these visuals, and if I recall, Macy Gray spends a lot of her time trying to drive around on a bus, 
uh, probably in New York or something of the sort. Um, that one just doesn't hit you as hard. Uh, and frankly, I just don't like the song as much. So while I'm not actually sure that either one of these songs should be here, nor will they be hits later down on the line, uh, I'm absolutely going to go with passionately, I believe in a thing called love. And ladies and gentlemen, we have another two to two tie. And wouldn't you know it, it's going to be up to Mr. Mike Mott to break that tie. Uh, and everyone's got their buzzer beater remaining, so it's open. I'm going to hit wants- mine. I'm going to hit my buzzer beater here. Jeffrey Gore, <laughs> Jeffrey Woodhead, I'm sorry. Take us away. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you and I are both suckers for great guitar solos. So you know, no no hate if you decide for, uh, for I Believe in a Thing Called Love. But I think we talked previously about the idea of uniqueness and about how one of the ideas of a one-hit wonder is a song that's so different from everything else around it, so different from even everything else that that particular artist does, that everyone just pops up and sits up and takes notice. I Try is that song. I Try is a song that that really is like nothing else you could find out there. You you could go out and find you know a bunch of other hair metal songs with great guitar solos. You can't find that kind of you know, crazy R and B ish, rock ish, hip hop ish, m- melodic but not song like like I try. It, it's just not going to happen. It's so unique. I think it deserves to move on. The buzzer beater has been thrown. Mike, take us home. So before I get into it, uh, in case anyone is curious, I do occasionally like to tie these things back to the actual NCAA basketball tournament. So a few quick notes here. There has been one 10 seed that has made the final four in NCAA history, and it was Syracuse back in 2016. Before that, they had gone 0-7. They're in the Elite Eight. Uh, and there has only been one 12 seed, the Missouri Tigers, back in, I want to say, I don't actually have the year. Why didn't they give me the year? I was going to say 2004. It was 2002. Uh, and, they have, and they, of course, lost. So there's no, been no 12 seed that's ever made the Final Four. Uh, just a little interesting little tidbits here. Um, I really struggled with this one. And... I want to compliment both Jeffs because they both made very good arguments and uh and ultimately I think that I was leaning towards I try and then Jeff Gore spoke and I was like re- it, he really pushed me to back to the fence teetering a little bit and uh, then Jeff Woodhead's shot was, I think, very good, very true. I don't know, honestly, that both of these songs are going to be songs that are truly going to stand the test of time. To be completely honest, I mean, spoiler alert, but I don't know either of them is moving past the final four. I, What I do know is of these two songs, and maybe it's just the time that it came out in my life. I don't know what it is. The one that I think about more 
is I Try by Macy Gray. I think that that it, maybe that speaks to its uniqueness. Uh, as Jeff said, as and uh, Jeff Wood had said, and he knows I love a good guitar solo. We both do. There's there's the darkness was doing something really cool, and it it jumped out because no one was doing it at that time. But it had really been done, and Macy Gray really does stand out because of her unique vibe and that song really is an earworm for me that gets stuck in my head so i am going to ultimately move on i try to the next round and i try is moving on to the final four and the final four is set we're moving actually right into the final four right now and sarah you're going to be kicking us off and i'm sorry to be the one to put you in this position but you are choosing between the two seed, the looking glasses, Brandy, you're a fine girl. That's in the 60s and 70s. Or the 80s, number one seed, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. Sarah, there's not an easy way to say this, but make your pick. I'm happy to go first on this one. I've been anticipating this matchup basically since the first round. And... It's not even that difficult of a decision for me. I I like Come On Eileen. I think it's a catchy song. I think it's a great 80s song. There's just something about Looking Glass Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. It, to me, it is the superior song of these two. Now, again, we had Time On Its Side. Add another decade to be out there more so people can hear it more. Um, like Jeff said last time, I didn't. No, there was a thing called Yacht Rock, but that all sounds like an awesome station. And Brandy is a song that you'd find on there every time. It it still gets played a lot. And it was just recently in the Guardians of the Galaxy, too. I think it's a better song. My vote's going for Brandy. Brandy has picked up her first vote. We are bringing this over to Marissa. Um, I, I like both of these songs. Um, I... I love Come On Eileen. It's got its place. But do you know which song my nine-year-old knows and sings and loves? That's Brandy. Uh, not just because of our Yacht Rock, but, you know, also because of Guardians. It's it's uh, introduced another generation of kids to an era of music that they might not have listened to if it hadn't been for Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. This is Brandy all day long. Moving on. Brandy's got her second vote, but we can't move it on until she gets at least three. Uh, Jeff Gore, is Brandy, in fact, a fine girl? Brandy is a fine girl. I mean, if you're going to put Brandy up against Eileen, uh, I mean, we've got two great choices here. I mean, you really can't go wrong with either. You could flip a coin and be happy. But I think maybe for the first time, maybe not for the first time, we could possibly see. I think Sarah hit this one right on the head. Uh, Brandy has got it. I mean, not only was it a great song, continues to be a great song, it's still somehow managing to be culturally relevant in a time where it's all about comics this and blowing up that it's still such a great song that it can it can interject itself into this future that we've created now what some 40 
years later, 50 years later. Um, and, and while, again, I would love to listen to either of these songs, there's one that I'm going to be playing by choice at any point in time, and that's going to be Brandy. Looking Glass takes this one. The two seed is moving on to the championship game. Brandy, you're a fine girl, has a three to nil lead. Let's hear from Mike. You know, I was actually struggling a little bit with this one. I didn't know which way I was going to go. I uh, and I don't I mean I'm kind of in a way grateful that it doesn't matter because I was struggling so much. Ultimately, I think given as I was listening to uh, the previous people, previous panelists voting, I kind of made that dis- made the decision along the way, not knowing necessarily where uh, Jeff Woodhead is going to vote. And maybe it's just because I'm half Irish. I don't know, but I cannot let Dexy's Midnight Runners go without a single vote in favor of it is kind of what's allowing me to be swayed here. So I am giving my vote to come on Eileen, but I am by no means disappointed that Brandy is moving on. As Jeff Gore said, flip flip a coin. These are both great songs. They're both deserving to be here. Either one of them could be in the championship game. And uh, I definitely think they're both emblematic of one hit wonders. Uh, so I'm I'm voting for Dex's Midnight Runners, but uh, we'll see what Brandy does in the championship. Well, Brandy is moving on, but that is a vote for Dexy's Midnight Runners. Let's hear what Mr. Woodhead has to say. The the first vote against Brandy this entire tournament. I, I, I feel like that's remarkable, and it's kind of appropriate because uh, there's... This idea of, you know, you get a bunch of different people with a bunch of different kinds of musical tastes coming together in a particular place. Like, you know, say you're, you're putting together a party playlist. It's not necessarily a dance party. It's just, you know, you're, you're all hanging out together with, uh, with all these different kinds of people. What songs do you put on that playlist? And Brandy is one of those songs I feel like everybody can agree on. Uh, I know people who hate Come On Eileen. I happen to be married to one. But... No one hates Brandy. <laughs> it may not be anyone's like most favorite song ever, even though it's uh, kind of close to the top for me. But no one hates it. Maybe that's the path to superstardom is to put up something that is that is that just no one hates. <laughs> so, yeah, give my vote to Brandy. Brandy has taken a four to one victory, a convincing victory on its way to the championship game. And we're going to find out who Brandy is going to be facing. And we have got the winner of the 90s bracket. And that would be none other than the Proclaimers, 500 miles, squeaking out a three to two victory, taking on the winner of the 2000s bracket. That is, of course, the 10 seed Macy Gray's I Try. And I try to think about who should start this particular bracket. And I think I'm coming to, mm, I don't know. How about Marissa? Oh, cool. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, I don't know why I'm struggling with this one. <laughs> um, they they both, I, I, you know, they're they're very different songs from each other. 
Um, again, I still have issues with 500 miles because it's very 80s. Um, I try was just barely 2000s, brink of the 90s, you know, tail end of the 90s, getting a 2000s. I'm going to give it to Proclaimers here. 500 miles. 500 miles has picked up its first vote. Let's hear what Jeff Gore has to say. Yeah, I don't. And, and this is probably just indicative of the way that the 2000s has gone. I don't even think this is close. Um, this has got to be 500 miles without a doubt. Now, Jeff has locked in the shortest vote of the evening. We're going to bring this over to Mike. So I kind of tipped my hand in the uh, in my vote in favor of I try over I believe in a thing called love. Either one of those was going to lose to either Deep Blue Something or the Proclaimers for me. The fact that it's the Proclaimers, I cannot complain. Uh, I will give the Proclaimers my vote and uh, don't have a whole lot more to say. Uh, we'll see. I might have a little more to say in the next round. Well, the Proclaimers has taken a three to nil lead and it will be moving on to the championship game, but we want to hear from everybody. That is the rule here. Jeff Woodhead, what do you think, sir? Good decision, guys. Uh, I... Uh... <laughs> I think I like listening to 500 miles more than I like listening to I try. Uh, even if I, you know, I try is a song that I think a lot of people from our generation really dig. Uh, I think 500 miles is a song that a lot of people from any generation dig. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that when anyone hears that, you know, that, at the beginning of that song i don't i can't actually remember exactly the way i try starts at this point maybe it's just uh, a symbol that uh that you know 500 miles is just more pervasive and more uh interesting to listen to i don't know they're both interesting to listen to but 500 miles is a great song not complaining it's moving on i think it's my vote Four to nothing for the Proclaimers. Sarah, do we have a sweep going into the championship game? In a shocking turn of events, I actually am on board with all of you guys. I I have voted I try <laughs> through every round, and I even had a buzzer beater for it. And I do believe strongly in this song and I think it's a wonderful song. At the end of the day, do I think 500 miles is more one hit wondery. I also agree that it is. I think Macy Gray, you may like the song, but it it takes something to keep listening to it, to keep going back to it. The Proclaimers, 500 Miles, it, it's not everybody has access to it and enjoy it. And why not? It's a fun song. So it's a sweep. I'm giving my vote to 500 Miles as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that sweep brings us to the championship game. And God help us, everyone. Jeff Gore is kicking us off. Are we going to have, and this is uh, how bizarre is this, we are going to have. Do, 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 do. Sorry. I'm done. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is going to be a matchup of the two seeds. 
It is going to be Brandy, you're a fine girl, the two seed out of the 60s and 70s bracket, taking on the Proclaimers 500 mile, the two seed out of the 90s bracket. Oh my gosh, we are crowning a champion. And these two, it's been a storied, very, very storied uh, history between these. One of them has swept their way through. The other one has kind of fought through some adversity. Jeff, the Proclaimers or Brandy, you're a fine girl. Take your pick. You know, there's a reason that it's been such an easy path for Brandy to get here. And that's because Brandy is a fabulous song. It's funny, you look through these lists of songs, and you, when we initially get them, you kind of have to go through and be like, oh, I remember that one. You know, that one came to me. Um, neither one of these songs is that. Um, man, they're both great. I mean, you, you said 500 Miles kind of had some uh, adversity to get here. Probably shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't have, but it did. Um, it, it actually... Probably should have had some other adversity along the way as well, but didn't. But here we are. It has made it to the final. And for me, it never had a shot. Brandy was always my girl. Brandy's got her first vote. Mike Mott, lock in yours. So I am a sucker for a song. I'm a melody guy. First and foremost, I, I just am. I'm a, and in that vein, I'm a sucker for a good non lyric sung melody, whether it's the la 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 of Stevie Wonder or the na 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 of Hey Jude or the do 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 like of Looking Glass, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Victor Hugo said, music expresses that which cannot be put into words and that which cannot remain silent. And that type of vocal melody encapsulates that to me. And that, I think, as wonderful as the rest of the music and the lyrics to Brandy are, ultimately, that encapsulates that song to me is that the, is that ultimate climax of that chorus when it when it fades into that do 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 it's it's so beautiful and it's it just it feels like the ultimate catharsis at the end of that i really like the proclaimers 500 miles as well even even though i voted voted for deep blue something over it i cannot complain at all that it's in the championship it's a great one hit wonder i and ultimately, I do think that of all the twists and turns that this bracket took that I certainly did not see coming. I think this is I don't know that this is necessarily a championship that I would have predicted. I don't necessarily think it's a championship that I would have had. I think it is ultimately probably the appropriate championship. And even though I did throw Dexy's Midnight Runner a bone in the last round, I am giving Looking Glass and Brandy, you're a fine girl my vote in this round. I think it's a wonderful song, and I think it deserves to win here. Brandy, you're a fine girl, is one vote away from a championship, and we're going to see if Mr. Woodhead is going to crown that champion right now. Oof. Uh, (laughs) You know, for for all of the the complaining that's been done about this bracket so far and about the, the carnage in various regions here and there, 
is anyone really going to complain that the two last songs remaining are these two? No, no, no one is because they're both iconic songs. They're both great songs and they're both purely, you know, very one hit wondery. Uh, I, I talked a little bit before about the two ways a song can become a one hit wonder this is the two ways a band can become a one-hit wonder. Whether you know it's Looking Glass who put out an album, this song became huge, and then just kind of realized, eh, we just don't really have that much more to say, uh, and flamed out. Versus the Proclaimers who are huge overseas. <laughs> <laughs> and managed to cross over once because someone put them in a popular movie. Uh, which is, in, in, incidentally, why they charted in the U.S. five years after the song was released. And that makes it really difficult to decide between these two songs because you have something, you know, two things that capture the zeitgeist in different ways. Uh, and I love listening to both of these songs. I don't know. Guys, I can't let it end just yet. I can't just let it end so easily. I think I have to give a vote to 500 Miles here because I just... I don't want it to be over. <laughs> In true Vanderbilt fashion, you're punting. <laughs> I'm punting on third down. <laughs> Only a Vanderbilt football fan could do that. Two to one. We're going to bring this over to Sarah. We have a couple of wild cards left. Let's see how this thing ends. Sarah, Brandy or 500 miles? The choice is apparently yours. <laughs> don't worry i'm i'm not afraid to make a decision here and but i agree jeff i i think there has been some butchering of this bracket but i'm not mad that brandy and 500 miles are left i i think of the 90s 2000 the right side of the bracket 500 miles was probably the better choice if one maybe hadn't got knocked out the first round, but it's still a good choice because I do think it has longevity just as far as people are going to remember the tune. They're going to remember the song, but like we've said this entire time, Brandy's a wonderful song. It, I listen to it so often. I love it. And every time it comes on, I know all the words and it, I don't think that it should be the best one hit wonder just because I like it so much. I was honestly surprised surprised when we started this bracket, how much other people did. And maybe I felt selfish that I was like the only person in the world that listened to Brandy so much. And as it turns out, a lot of you guys do. And a lot of you at least know and respect the song. So that makes me happy. And yeah, I'll, I'll take the win on this one. And I will crown Looking Glasses Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. I think it's the better song of the two. And initially when this started, it was my pick for winning this, the entire bracket. So, hats off. Now, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl out of the 60s and 70s bracket is going to be our champion, but I want to hear from Marissa. So, I'm absolutely thrilled that 
Brandy is our winner here. Um, I just want to mention that before we even started this bracket and uh, we kind of were going back and forth about who's going to make everyone mad. I said Rapper's Delight's going to go all the way. And I'm very, very happy that it did at least get to the Elite Eight. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Sweet 16. Um, but Brandy, I mean, she she is the ultimate one-hit wonder. Um, fantastic representative of 70s music. I don't think 500 Miles is a great representative of 90s music, but that's my opinion. Now, Marissa, I'll remind you that you're one of the uh, the group that voted Rapper's Delight out. <laughs> um, that that was you because it was a sweep for Brandy in the Elite Eight, but none, 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 none the less. Brandy, you're a fine girl by Looking Glass is the best one hit wonder ever recorded. According to the Boozy Bracketology podcast, and we use a completely democratic system here, everyone is allowed to vote, at least the five on the podcast are, but that's how it is. As Jeff takes a shot and contemplates some of his life choices, I would like to remind everyone, if you're enjoying the show, find us on Instagram or Facebook, Boozy Bracketology, on Twitter at Boozy Brackets. Also on Facebook, instead of finding Boozy Bracketology, the hell with that, find The Lounge for fans of the Boozy Bracketology podcast and fans of the Pub Trivia Experience podcast. Come and join us. Have a drink. Let's have a good time and talk about what we got wrong this month because, guys, we got a lot wrong this month. We may have ended up in a good spot, but it was a rough road getting there. If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, you want to hear a recap bracket of everything that we feel like we got wrong, patreon.com slash p-t-e-b-b. Become a Patreon member and we will tell you more about our thoughts And you'll get exclusive content not only for Boozy Bracketology, but for the Pub Trivia Experience podcast as well. For Boozy Bracketology, I have been Chris. I've been Marissa. I've been Jeff. I have been and continue to be Mike. I have also been Jeff. And I have been Sarah. We have a champion, ladies and gentlemen. We have delivered every promise we gave you eight episodes ago. Have a good one. We'll see you next month.